Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about midsummer joy fixes or what's saving me now. I have a book that I have paged through a handful of times. Just the topic alone drew me to buy it years ago. And I just never found my way to actually reading it. It just sat on my shelf and I would kind of look at it, pick it up, think, oh, This is an interesting book and I like the way it's laid out and I think there's a lot of great ideas in it, but I've never really made it through the book. And the book is called Joy Fixes for Wary Parents, 101 Quick Research-Based Ideas for Overcoming Stress and Building a Life You Love. In this book, I decided to make my summer devotional, for lack of a better word. Each chapter is very short. It kind of introduces a concept and gives a little bit of thought about that concept or what they're recommending. And then in the end, it gives a real quick suggestion of something to try. And I have found that there has already been so many golden nuggets in this book that I wanted to go ahead and mention it on my podcast and kind of jump into this topic. Some of these ideas are somewhat inspired from some things that I read in the book. But others are just ideas that have been working for me coming out of the end of the school year, finishing up what was a really stressful spring and early summer, and then heading into summertime. And um, this book kind of hit the nail on the head for me because it is all about finding ways to create joy or to get out of a rut if you're just in a mode of being very joyless right now due to stress, due to having a lot of overwhelm in your life. There's still a lot of fear, a lot of unknowns out there. A lot of us are trying to juggle a lot at the same time, which is incredibly draining and making for a lot of weariness. I know for me personally, the end of the school year, I felt kind of all the stress of that period of time bubbling up within me. We had a lot of successes. We certainly had a lot of togetherness and silver linings in our family it was very stressful to have four children in a not very large home, all doing their remote learning, which is not the same thing as homeschooling, as we all know. It's basically performing the role of substitute teacher to our children's teachers and doing so times the number of children you have. And I personally was a public school teacher for quite a few years. And when I was kind of trying out a new school district or when I was first out of school, I did serve as a substitute teacher. And it is a very hard job. 
popping into a classroom for the day, teaching somebody else's lessons to a group of kids that you don't know. And I used to always feel like, gosh, this must be one of the hardest jobs there is to come in with these kids you have no prior connection with, and then to somehow get them to kind of follow your lead and, you know, for you to be able to teach somebody's lesson and and have some degree of success and then go home at the end of the day and crash. And I used to think that was the hardest job. And that was before remote learning and being substitute teacher to my own children. That is harder. Because when you've been in one role with your children, the role of parent, and then suddenly your parent slash teacher in not a homeschool method, which would be more organic, which would be more following the lead of our children's interests, which would have some established kind of parameters and boundaries to contain what homeschool is for families. This was very different from that in my experience, and it probably was for most people. I know it certainly has been for other friends I have spoken with. To have to implement somebody else's lesson and you show up that day and you find out what you're supposed to be teaching your children. My older kids pretty much had to do their own thing. And I focused on my younger two kids who were pre-K and first grade. And it was a roller coaster ride from day to day. And there were some days we decided just to, you know, call in sick and just take a mental health day. And there were other days that we kind of picked through the expectations for the day and chose the things that were most essential. And I just did a lot of kind of cutting a lot of slack for those last several weeks of school where we were all exhausted. And then the end of school came and I felt this bubble up of emotion that kind of took me by surprise. And I think it really was just kind of this sense of relief, but also finally letting myself experience the magnitude of what we had accomplished and just how hard it was to get through those last three months of school, remote learning all six of us in my family, and I know no matter how large your family is, having families home, which is a privilege and a blessing to have a home and to be able to work from home and for children to be able to have technology and teachers to send lessons. At the same time, it was nearly impossible to execute every day, work, taking care of the home, being both parent and teacher, it was just very stressful. So last week I was kind of hitting my wall and breaking point again and again and again. And about two days into the final week of school for my kids, my husband and I just kind of crafted this crazy plan. I talked about it in the intro to several of my past shows, but we decided to just like on a whim, rent an RV, hop into an RV and head east without really any plans, without RV reservations, and just kind of figure it out as we went. And it was the best thing we could have ever possibly done. It's to this day, like probably up in the top two or three favorite family vacations we've ever done. It just worked really well, particularly given the age range of my children, which is why there's a 10-year age spread between my oldest and my youngest. Oldest 16, my youngest two is five, almost six. So It was a wonderful experience. We got to spend quality time. We have had high quantity of time during this stay-at-home quarantine COVID weirdness we've been living through, but not a lot of high quality time. And that's what this really provided. And we went and we saw some national parks, which were very, very unoccupied when we went. We were going in early June. And we went to beautiful parts of Idaho and Montana and Wyoming, again, all pretty wildernessy. We were able to stay contained. It was kind of the perfect solution for traveling safely in the summer where there was this pandemic all around us. 
But then we returned home to this like summer of nothingness. And I had thoughts and plans and ideas of what our summer was going to look like. I did a whole podcast on this with the intention of following my own suggestions and advice, but I hadn't had any time to really put a lot of that into action. And so we returned from this trip. My husband returned our RV to the rental agency where we got it from. And then he went to his work. And I was home with the four children, piles of laundry, all the contents of the RV that we literally had just dumped into our living room and no plans, no idea of what we we're doing for the day. And I thought, no big deal. We'll just unpack, do laundry, let the kids have too many screens. I'll figure it out. But everybody had to readjust to coming home. And the kids went into this kind of frenzied, manic, mom, 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 needing me for every second of the day, needing me to make food, needing me to a snack after a lunch, you know, I can't get this device to work. This thing ran out of batteries. I can't find a clean pair of underwear to wear. I mean, just the nonstop barrage of demands on me. And with me not having a plan, I melted down real quick. And I called my husband and I said, I need you to come home. I need a day. I need a day to get the house back in order and for me to plan and think out the summer and then we can go ahead and execute it. But I couldn't go straight from the stress of the school year to this utopian family, high quality, hit the road into a summer of nothingness. And so my husband came home. I kind of got through that day and that meltdown. And I did. I got out a plan. I thought out what that first week was going to look like. We, you know, finished making our summer bucket list. I planned out the activities for the first week. I didn't go overboard with plans and structures, but just having a theme and something to look forward to each day was great for kind of changing that mode. And then my husband and I had quite a few long chats and over the next weekend and kind of talked about what I needed to get accomplished each day in my work. I'm a parent coach. I have clients I meet with. I have this podcast. I have other things related to my work to accomplish. And then, of course, I am the primary parent taking care of our children. But it's impossible for me to try and do all those things without normal things that I've been able to rely on in the past, like occasional summer camps and things of that nature, summer jobs for my older kids, things like that that just aren't happening. So my husband and I brainstorm some solutions and I have really kind of wrapped my brain around some things that have really been helping me make it through the summer with more joy, which was my intention, with less stress. And in a way that I feel like you could maybe benefit from, especially if you're kind of hitting a wall during the summer. So I have for you some suggestions. I have a total of six fixes to get the joy back in your summer. Starting off with number one, and this is the biggest takeaway that I have learned so far this summer, which is to stop being a martyr. If you are the primary parent, or even if you're not the primary parent, certainly if you are a single parent, stop being a martyr. You deserve a break. You deserve a rest. You are not supposed to be selfless. You need to take care of yourself so that you can care for others. It's the old oxygen mask cliche once again. If you don't have it on yourself, how on earth can you take care of your children the way that you intend to? So you have to stop being a martyr. 
you deserve a break. And moreover, you need to know that that break is coming. So first of all, recognizing you deserve a break is to talk to your spouse, your partner, and talk about where that break can come on a daily basis, when that is going to be, and make sure that it is scheduled so that it can be predictable and it can be protected. This is so essential because if you're sitting there getting through a tough day, you're tired and exhausted, but you know that at five o'clock, you have a guaranteed hour and a half where you get to check out, where you get to go take a walk, where you get to call a friend, where you get to go do something that gives you life and can rejuvenate you. That will be key. That will help you make it through that tough day without losing it. I recently had a uh, parent coaching session with one of my clients who just said, I'm losing it. I've forgotten everything I've been working on. I'm really struggling right now. And we kind of brainstormed and went through kind of a lot of the scenarios she was dealing with with her children. But towards the end of the session, I said, okay, now I got to ask you something. Are you taking care of yourself at all? Is there any predictable time when you get to do something that restores you, that takes care of you? And she said, no, absolutely not. And I said, that is going to make all the difference. You can have all the parenting intentions to parent a certain way, to treat your children with dignity and to focus on that deep connection. And it all goes out the window if you're not taking care of yourself. How can you parent with dignity, with direction, with deep connection, the 3Ds of the 3D parent, if you're completely depleted? That's when you're losing it. That's when you're yelling at your kids. That's when you're just in complete survival mode and you can't stay in survival mode day after day after day. You will break and you will not parent the way that you want to be parenting your children. So you need to make a plan. Now, if you're a single parent, you're going to have to be even more creative. And I know it's not ideal to have people in your home and to have babysitters. But if you have somebody that can be maybe part of your bubble that can relieve you and you can predict that time, maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's somebody who has a child or children the same age as your child, and you can just decide that you're going to be a bubble or a pod. That can maybe be your help or support. Or if you have a spouse that is deployed or a spouse that is an essential worker and cannot be flexible and give you a consistent time that you can rely on, you have to be creative. Another thing, it may not be ideal, but maybe it happens via FaceTime or via a phone call or via Zoom when you can have a grandparent, a relative, a cousin who can kind of entertain your children for a little while so you can get a break, you can get a breather, you can do something just for you and hit reset. So that is tip number one, stop being a martyr, take that break and make sure that it is a time that is scheduled and protected so that you will make sure that you will be able to get reinvigorated a quote I want to insert to the end of this, and I'll go on to the next suggestion. Anne Lamott, fabulous author. She says, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. And that is the biggest takeaway here as a parent. Almost everything will work again if you just unplug it for a few minutes. You will be the kind of parent you want to be. If you can unplug for a few minutes, that is the lesson there.
Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. Okay, moving on to the next one. The rest of these I'll be able to get through a little bit quicker, but that one was the biggest thing for me. As soon as I had a plan with my husband, which leads me into the next suggestion. If you do have a spouse, a partner, figure out a way that you can tag team. For me and my husband, he has more work requirements than I do. Mine is more flexible. But what we decided to do was kind of a two-in-one. We built in my break. We made it predictable and we scheduled it. And it also is the time when I fit in my work, which for the summer has fallen to Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we have tag teamed and we've made this something that is predictable where I know that I can schedule more predictable times and offer more predictable times with my coaching clients. I can do my research. I can prepare for these podcast episodes. And I'm also right now doing a lot of volunteering. I'm working on several committees and task force in my children's school, in our church community. And I need time to be able to work and do the advocacy work that I am involved with right now. And so having those Tuesdays and Thursdays where my husband is working at home, taking care of the kids, and I can get away. And I don't have an office to get away to. I work from home or occasionally meet people in coffee shops. And so I had to get creative with where I was going to go away. If I stayed in the home, this would not work. And we solved it in a way that has become the highlight of my summer, which is we have a teeny tiny little sailboat which for the summer we have moored just about 10 minutes from our home. And that has become my summer escape. That's where I go. That's where I meet with my clients via Zoom. That's where I have recorded some of my podcasts. That is where I'm having Zoom meetings with the committees that I'm on and so forth is in our little sailboat. And it feels like a vacation. I'm working, but I am getting a chance to take breathers and I'm out on the water you know, feeling grateful for this beautiful environment where we live in Seattle. So tag teaming with my spouse, coming up with a way that I can go, you're it, you're with the kids, you got to spend this time with them right now. And he loves it. He loves it when he gets to spend time with the kids and it's his time. And I love it because I get my breaks. And then when I'm, it's my turn with the kids full time, I have a lot more energy and a lot more patience. It takes me a lot further. Third suggestion Schedule virtual play dates with family and grandparents. I mentioned this a little bit in terms of a solution for somebody who maybe is a single parent or maybe doesn't have a spouse or partner who is able to be as flexible with protecting that scheduled time. So do it with family and grandparents. It's not so much a play date. It's just somebody who could be a virtual babysitter and that can be creative. That could be time when uh, maybe a older cousin can read a story play some games, teach them how to do something that they don't know how to do. And just talk with them, entertain them, ask them questions, send them on a little scavenger hunt around the house. Do something to keep them occupied and engaged so you can get that break. Fourth suggestion, related to the virtual playdates or virtual babysitting from family and relatives. But the fourth idea here came from a friend of mine who is also kind of doing themed weeks like I was. And one of her themes was grandparent week. 
And I've not been able to spend any time with my parents and therefore my children haven't seen their grandparents in months and months. Normally we would have seen each other a few times, but due to the pandemic and the fact that they're older, we're not able to see them. So a suggestion for having a grandparent themed week. So this would be a scheduled time every day where the grandparents get to interact or do something special with their grandkids. Depending upon their ages, that's going to vary the ideas. You could brainstorm together, but some obvious simple ones would be things like story time, reading storybooks together, or again, playing games. Um, But maybe some more interesting ones, if you have a little bit older children, um, kind of in the middle elementary grades or even into middle school or high school, is to do some work on genealogy. Have them do some family tree research and they could create a family tree together, um, kind of hearing about different family members that are older, that maybe passed away before my kids were born. Uh, Another idea that grandparents could do during this grandparent-themed week would be cooking projects or craft projects where they can get the materials or ingredients needed ahead of time. And then they would direct the kids in some type of a project. They would kind of teach them virtually via Zoom or FaceTime or um, whatever you use to video chat. And they could do cooking. They could teach your children to cook a certain recipe or maybe to do a craft project or an art project together. So that's another idea for midsummer joy fixes. The next one, I mentioned this also on my ideas for COVID summer with success episode. But another idea that we have really utilized in terms of a joy fix for our family has been to take advantage of this fantastic resource that is OutSchool. It's been around for a while, but certainly increased in popularity during remote learning and during the summer. And OutSchool is a variety of teachers and classes for ages three through 19. And to have a class that your child gets to sign up for that has to do with anything that they're interested in. All four of my kids started taking a handful of out-school classes last week. Some of them are ongoing and they've had a couple of sessions in going into this week and some were just one time, but they have been the highlight of some of our days together where kids get to interact with a teacher and with other kids and learn about something that they're interested in. From sign language, three of my four kids are taking ASL classes this summer. My oldest daughter is taking an oceanography class. My son is taking a chess club class where he's learning some chess skills and then he gets to play against other kids on a virtual chess game. My younger kiddos, they're doing some art classes with some directed drawing lessons of different various animals. My youngest one did a little exercise aerobic class with animal themes. My seven-year-old is suddenly obsessed with chickens and wants us to raise urban chickens. And so she's taken now three classes on chickens, learning about how to raise them, what is needed. She's learned today, she took a class in different types of chickens and identifying them. It's just been a huge success and it buys me some time to not have to keep the wheels moving. It could be, we're gonna do something together, then you're gonna have some free play time and then you get to do your out-school class. The other thing that's been kind of like a hidden win without school has been time in which my kids, particularly my younger two kids who are the closest in age and they play together a lot. They also fight a lot. That's very common, of course, when you've got larger families that siblings pick on each other and kind of unload their frustrations onto each other. 
But one of the things that's been really helpful with Alp School is it's scheduled time when my kids are occupied and they're not together with their siblings. And then they come back together after their individual out school class, ready to play and not with this built up frustration to unleash on the sibling. So it's been great in terms of building a little time for maybe to get some one-on-one time with my youngest child while my seven-year-old gets to take a fun class or maybe my youngest child just wants some time to play by herself and not have to constantly be doing the negotiating with her sibling and so on. So having this out-school class, this routine has been really helpful. Okay, this brings me to my sixth and final suggestion for midsummer joy fixes. And that is to stop with all of the shoulds. Rebel against the shoulds. That's actually the name of one of the chapters for joy fixes for weary parents. Stop with all the shoulds. I should be cleaning the house right now. I should be getting my youngest child practicing her reading more. I should be having my son be practiced for his math placement test for the fall. No, stop with the shoulds. I should be doing this right now. I should be doing this. Shoulds right now are the enemy. They're what's going to be adding to your stress and decreasing the joy for your family. Put those away. Savor the simplicity of this particular summertime, the summer of no shoulds. Instead, really focus on the simple joys, this family time, this connection time. The fact that you normally would be maybe running around, taking your kids to classes and swimming lessons and activities and play dates and summer camps and so many plans. We don't have that this summer. There's a lot of bummer around that. As I said in my summer podcast, the no bummer summer. This is the no bummer summer, even with COVID, even with the pandemic. But we could also be making it more stressful than it needs to be with all these, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be doing more with my kids every day that's productive. We're obsessed in our culture with productivity. And it's leading us to sometimes make some choices that I don't think are best for us, for our families, and for our children. So slow down and take advantage of this simpler summer and stop with all the shoulds. That's going to help you. So those are my six tips to kind of do a reset midsummer to bring some more joy to your families. And that's personally what's saving me right now. So I hope it helps you find some more joy in your summer. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.